Welcome to the Jack and John Podcast. I'm Jack. And I'm John. And we're on a mission. To help you focus on Christ. Well, guys, welcome back. We're still in the book of Mark and uh, just kind of marching through it here. Um, The heading here in chapter 9 that we're on is the greatest in the kingdom. Okay. And uh, who is the greatest in the kingdom? Well, Jesus, obviously. (laughs) But the disciples kept arguing about that. Every time Jesus would talk about something, he predicts his death. And they want, and then they're whining about who's going to be the greatest. Yeah, like like they didn't hear him. So Jesus brings something into the mix here that I just love, and he says, "Whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else." Which is him. That's what he does. Um, then he put a little child among them, taking the child in his arms. He said to them. Anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me, but also my Father who sent me. You know, John, Jesus was always bending down. Ever notice that about him? Mm-hmm. He's always bending down like uh, here's a child. And he wants to make a point about the greatest in the kingdom. And so he has to bend down to get that child, right? Um, I don't know why I got on this topic. How about Peter when he's sinking in the water? And what is he? He bends down to pull him up. When uh, the woman is caught in adultery and brought before him and stood before him, he bends down to the ground and he starts to write in the ground. When um, he had to pick up a cross that was pretty heavy, he had to bend down to the ground. What I mean by that is Jesus is not above in grace and in love bending down to us, kind of stooping over and picking us up and making us something that we aren't without him. Jack, you know, uh, you've had this history in Southern Gospel. And I, yeah. and I I just keep hearing that song. He came down to my level when I couldn't get up to his. With a strong hand, lift me up. Show me what living is. There you go. So <laughs> anyway, yeah, that, that's an oldie yeah. and maybe a goodie. And there's know, probably a lot of other songs right. when you think about it. About Jesus coming down, he he came down. I know that uh, there was a sermon, God meets us halfway, and I got to thinking, no. boy, he came all he the came way all down. The way. He didn't come halfway down. Mm-hmm. He came, he all came the halfway. Way. We're in trouble. We're in trouble because we can't get the other half. We are in trouble. Yeah. No. So I don't. So I was just true. thinking about, about that. Him bending over and picking up that child. Right. The humility and the grace that's in that. And I think I think part of this too, it, it, there's a, a a message beneath it that we're all children. Amen. You know, Amen. We're all children, um, and we come to Him like little children. Let's read on. Um, Mark chapter nine, verse thirty-eight. John said to Jesus, "Teacher, teacher." <laughs> I'm just picturing like a little kid. You know, teacher, teacher, teacher. We saw someone using your name to cast out demons. <laughs> But we told him to stop because he wasn't in our group. It wasn't in our group. <laughs> Don't stop him, Jesus said. No one who performs a miracle in my name will soon be able to speak evil of me. Anyone who's not against us is for us. 
If anyone gives you even a cup of water because you belong to the Messiah, I tell you the truth, that person will surely be rewarded. John, that passage of Scripture, I tell you, there are so many different sects, S-E-C-T-S, I never can say that right, sectarianism, how about if I say that word, in Christianity, where people gather in their small group and base whatever their belief system is, they base that group on that. And you have to believe this. You have to say things this way. You have to do certain things in order to be a part of that group. And uh, for this disciple to say he's not a part of us shows sectarianism, Mm -hmm. horrible, horrible sectarianism, like oh, no, you can't come in here. You can't be a part of our group. You can't join in. You you can't be the same. And Jesus does away with that argument in one brief encounter, one brief statement that if someone is doing something in my name, then he will be rewarded for that. And um, I think we need to lighten up a little bit, John. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm a little older now, and I, I know that I was raised... Um, our group believed a certain plan of salvation. Uh, you know, it was like, you know, you hear, believe, confess, repent, and baptize. And then don't don't uh, smoke, dance, or chew, or go with girls that do. And, right. uh, you know, it, you had to say the right things and then do the right things. And uh, I found out in my life, I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. I fail every time. And I think that these guys are still missing grace. They still don't understand it. They don't understand Jesus dying on a cross. Therefore, they don't understand what grace is. And so let's let's not let this guy, let's go rebuke him. Can, can I tell my little story that I told you? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, sure. We're, I love your little story. We were talking about grace and... Um, John was helping me. Yeah, and I, I got to tell you, I, I'm, I'm not going to get in deep, but I'm going to tell a little something because, you know, Jack is a dear friend, and he has been in ministry for over 50 years. And um, age and ailments had uh, just kind of, you know, made that difficult and essentially pushed you into uh, retirement. And, um, but we can't retire him. And that's, that's part of why, that's part of why we do the podcast. Um, it's part of why you still do the mentoring with those young men that, um, from Kansas. Um, and, but here's the point. It doesn't matter how much good Jack does. It doesn't matter how good a person he is. Um, how pure a life he lives, how closely he stays to the scripture. Um, God's grace is always going to be bigger. And um, even Jack has the questions of, you know, have I done enough? You know, am I the, have I been the pastor, the, the worship leader, the singer, the husband, the man that, that God wants me to be. And so the story I use is you're his little child and you've just done a little drawing. You grab the crayons, 
He's given you the template. You just need to do the work. Okay? Well, guess what? Anybody else looking at that drawing is going to see that, well, you got outside the lines. Well, your colors don't match. Nobody has a red face like that. Well, that shirt doesn't even go with it. Why did you put that color there? It's garbage, okay? Your work of art just looks like garbage. Um, no. God's going to take that and slap it on his refrigerator. And he's going to show it off to other people. And he's going to say, this is my son. He did that drawing for me. I think that's the greatest thing ever. And then, you know what he's going to say to you? He's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Because it's his grace that does the job. Well, what, what John also said that you forgot that really spoke to me that night, because um, John was kind of the one I called and said, hey, brother, I just need you to talk to me a little bit. I'm a little bit anxious and, you know, thinking these things. And, and, uh, and John said, if you're that child and you offer Jesus that painting and that's yourself, you offer yourself, Jesus is standing there, according to Revelation, in his robes dipped in blood, and that's his own blood. And so if you can stand before Jesus, dipped in blood, his robes dripping in blood, offering yourself, and if you think that he's not going to accept you, then you've missed him, and you've certainly missed his grace. And I said, oh, that fixed me. Thanks, John. Appreciate it, man. <laughs> Bye-bye. See you later. Oh, he's done it all. He's done it all. And that, you know, we're going to get into that some yeah. more um, with the, the next big topic that, that's coming up. Um, but, uh, yeah, Jesus has done it all. It's his grace. But if you cause one of these little ones who trusts in me to fall into sin, if you criticize his coloring and point out that he got it outside the lines, and that his picture's not perfect and doesn't belong on my refrigerator. I paraphrased that. That's good. Um, if you're a sectarian and you've got your little group and your belief system and think everybody's got to believe just like you, okay, go. It would be better <laughs> for you to be thrown into the sea with a large millstone hung around your neck. So, and a millstone, I mean, pretty graphic. we don't use them hardly these days, but they're huge, okay? It's, it's basically a big round disc of stone that's, that's chiseled out, carved out, got a big hole in the middle of it. It's, it's square so that you can stick a post in there, and then you've got another post coming off of it. And typically, you would have either an animal or you'd have uh, two people on either side. Most of the time, it was women that were threshing the the grain, and you'd pour the grain through the hole, and then you would turn that grindstone, that millstone. Um, and it was such a heavy thing, you couldn't lift it, but you could scooch it along. If you tied that around somebody's neck, I mean, that's like, what do they call it the, with the mob? The uh, uh, concrete. Uh, oh, yeah, the concrete. Or, uh, or, yeah, uh, shoes. Shoes. Or, <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, you're going to sink really fast because that thing is heavier than you. Um, by the way, John, let me say that I think that 
uh, it has become a little bit popular for some of the prosperity preachers and some of these guys that are preaching on TV and you hear them on podcasts in different places who won't use the word sin and who won't tell people that they're actually sinners saved by grace. And what they do is they tell them, you're okay, I'm okay, we're all okay. And uh, I think that's a horrible, horrible disservice. I don't think you would hear many of those guys preach that passage of Scripture right there. Because sin is bad. Yeah. Sin costs Jesus his life. And God hates sin. The Bible says it specifically. There are seven sins that God hates. You know, there are these sins that he despises. Why does God hate sin? Well, because it cost him his son's life. Right. And God hates sin. And he's making a point here that sin is bad, folks. Uh, don't just flippantly sin and then lay down on your bed at night and say, God, forgive me for all my sin. And think that that's, that's what he wants. Well, I think here especially he's pointing out that he's not just talking about sin. He's talking about causing other people causing to other sin. people to sin as well. If, if you're causing that child, yeah. that person who's seeking after God, if you're causing them to stumble, if you're getting in the way of them seeing Jesus, um, yeah. That's it's be better for you to be tossed into the sea. Um, and he goes on. It's a little rough here. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better to enter eternal life with only one hand than go into the unquenchable fires of hell with two hands. If your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. I, I'm picturing the disciples here getting nervous. You know, um, about all the things he's talking about. Um, Throwing their swords away. <laughs> it's better to enter eternal life with only one foot than to be thrown into hell with two feet. If your eye, he keeps going on. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and, and so and then he describes hell a little bit where the maggots never die and the fire never goes out. For everyone will be tested with fire. Salt is good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? You must have the qualities of salt among yourselves and live in peace with each other. And remember, the part that started this off is John whining because somebody else was doing a miracle. Somebody yeah. else was doing some great thing in your name, Jesus and he's not one of us. And he's not one of us who's fighting over who gets to be the greatest in the kingdom. <laughs> so Jesus is now, he's like, I'm done, guys. I'm going to start talking to y'all about millstones around your neck and cutting off parts of your body. So you better figure it out. You know, it's like this, the salt is losing its saltiness. And, and he's saying, if it loses its favor, flavor, how do you make it salty again? I think he's about ready to spit these guys out of his mouth. Well, he's you know? frustrated, I think, because yeah. he is desperate to get them to understand yeah. the truth of grace and the kingdom. And they haven't gotten it yet. They're still arguing over who's right. the greatest. Yep. So, well, anyhow, I, I tell you what. If you're I, I, tempted to sin after hearing Jesus say oh, that. <laughs> well, and more so if, you got a hard if you're conscience. getting in the way of somebody else. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't see this as, you know, us pointing our fingers at, at sinners and saying, well, you big sinner, you. 
No, I, I feel like this is Jesus pointing his finger at, at us well, you in, look the, at yourself. in the church Absolutely. and saying, do not be a stumbling block for somebody else. And I, I would encourage you to, you know, pay attention. I, I, I'm guilty, okay? Guilty. Thank God for the grace of God because um, there's not a day goes by that I don't have some ill thought about somebody. Or, uh, you know, we've talked about this before, you know, my continual struggle with servers and people on the roads. And um, I, I'm constantly talking to God about that stuff and asking him to set me right. But I, I specifically, I want to say that I read a lot of posts that people put on social media that remind me a little bit of John here, not because they're whining about somebody else doing some miracle or something, but because they're always pointing at somebody else's something. I'm going to briefly give you yeah. briefly give you an illustration about my favorite uh, theatrical production, Les Miserables. And the reason I like it is for many reasons. I like the music. But there's one place where the criminal gets out of, out of prison, can't find anywhere to work, and shows up at uh, a priest's house. And uh, the priest feeds him on uh, some beautiful dishes with a can, some candlesticks, and they're worth a lot of money. That's all the priest has that's worth anything. And uh, the criminal goes to sleep, gets up in the middle of the night, and steals all of the um, very valuable uh, silverware and dishes and uh, sneaks away into the night. And the police catch him, bring him back. This means now he's going to go to prison for the rest of his life. But the priest says, oh, yeah, I gave those to you. And by the way, you forgot the candlesticks. These are the best part. Here, take these. And the police leave and the criminal looks at him and the priest says these words. He says, I have redeemed your soul for God. And I think that that kind of speaks of this. It's like um, a, an earthly, worldly story. But I think it's a great story of instead of looking at the sin that the person did against him, he covered that sin by giving him even more. That's grace to give you even more so that you can understand love and forgiveness and how valuable you are. Um, so that's as briefly as I can tell that story. It's the, the literal crux. The of, crux of the whole thing. Of everything. Yeah. And, you know, when we say the crux, that, that comes from the same word. Where the, yeah, where we get the word crucifixion. It comes from the, the word where we get the word cross. Um, because Jesus' blood takes all of our sin. All of our sin. And so I, I just, if, I, if he looks at, at my coloring and Jack's coloring and he doesn't see the color mismatch and the, the marks outside the lines, um, I better not see that in anybody else either. I need to just look at the work that God's doing in them. Um, and I need to see that they're a child of, of God. Um, God, thank God, doesn't look at our sin. That's right. Amen. So when I look at you, um, shame on me if I look at your sin. Amen. 
Um, we've got to look past it because uh, I, I want to see the image that God has put in you. I want to see Jesus in you um, because that's what he wants to see. Uh, he wants us all to be part of that marriage Amen. supper of the Lamb. Um, I'm actually looking forward to our next one. Um, guys, uh, th- this is a tough one because Mark chapter 10, um, it starts out with a discussion about divorce and marriage. And um, I've heard this spoken of a lot of different ways. Um, but I just want to give you a, a little tiny preview of that. And that is, um, we're looking at this like that coloring. It's a high standard. It's a high standard. Um, but, you know, we're kindergartners with a coloring book. Um, praise that's God I'm for grace. It. Absolutely. Praise God for His grace. Uh, reach out to us. Connect at jackandjohn.com. That's not it. Connect at jackandjohnpodcast.com. And uh, (laughs) we'll see you next time.